It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Welcome to this episode of Kennedy Saves the World. Sometimes people who save the world don't wear capes or skirts. Uh, they wear big shorts and even bigger shoes. Ennis Cantor Freedom is an American citizen who has played American basketball for many, many years now, but he's kind of benched because uh, his crusades against authoritarianism know no bounds. He's one of the most consistent social activists in the world today. Uh, he has fought very hard, very vocally against his home regime in Turkey, um, against President Erdogan. His family has been jailed. His life has been threatened because of that. Uh, but he realized that in order to remain consistent and fight for freedom for people across the planet using the platform that has been the NBA for him uh, for years has meant that he'd have to take the fight to some of the biggest oppressors on the planet, including the communist Chinese government and President Xi Jinping. He has done that. He's been vocal with his footwear, with his interviews, and that's when he apparently crossed the line. Taking on China was too much for the NBA because the market is too lucrative for the league. And they talk a big game when they are discussing criminal justice reform in this country. Uh, but when that lens is focused somewhere else rightly, Someone who has the platform and who has the nards to speak truth to power is, in fact, benched. But that is our gain today. Anders Cantor Freedom, welcome to Kennedy Saves the World. Thank you for having me, Kennedy. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I mean, your story has fascinated me for many, mm -hmm. many years. And it doesn't, just because you're not playing, you're technically in free agency right now in the NBA. Yep. But that doesn't mean the danger goes away for you. What do you deal with on a daily basis in terms of trying to keep yourself and your family safe? Good question. You know, since um, it's, it's been almost one month that Turkish government had actually put a bounty on my head just because of I talk about the human rights violations and polit political prisoners in Turkey, you know. And, you know, it's been very difficult because um, right now the only, I cannot even leave the United States. You know, I had a conversation with FBI, I had a conversation with uh, many of my friends on the ground, and they, uh, they said, we can protect you in America, but as soon as you leave this country, it could get very dangerous. So, you know, it's it's been it's been almost over a year now I became a U.S. Uh, citizen, but now, like, I can't even leave the, uh, I can't even use that American passport just because of the, the Turkish uh, dictator is pretty much, you know, putting bounty on people's head whenever you speak against them. So I don't know. What threat at this point? And in the last two years in Turkey, twice as many journalists have been jailed uh, yeah. as before. That's already one of the highest numbers in the world. So, mm -hmm. how did you find out that there was a bounty on your head? So, I was actually doing a basketball camp in the Vatican. Uh, it was for kids, for Muslim, Christians, Catholic, and Jewish kids. And right after the basketball camp, one of my friends called me and said, 
Turkey just put your name on the most wanted terrorist list. And they actually this time put a bounty on your head. So, and as soon as I heard that news, I called my friends in America and they told me to come back to U.S. immediately. And so the next day I took a flight here and I have not lived the country since, you know. Um, it just, it's very crazy to me how can a foreign government can put a bounty on uh, American citizen head in U.S. soil. I had this discussion with uh, many of the, you know, congressmen and uh, senators, and they said the only person who can help you is the president. So we circulated a letter, a resolution to him, but unfortunately we have not heard from him yet. Well, that is unfortunate, but uh, he is a man of inaction. He doesn't like to do a lot of things. Uh, certainly hasn't visited some of the residents of East Palestine, Ohio, yes. who are worried about their long-term health. He has no problem going over to Ukraine, Ukraine. to prolong a dangerous war uh, with Russia. So that that's unfortunate, but not entirely surprising. So, I mean, the United States, pretty great. Obviously, you became a U.S. citizen to enjoy some of our freedoms here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think the chances are that you will play basketball professionally again? Oh, good question. You know, I talked to many of the basketball uh, experts. I told even when I was playing last year, I had a conversation with uh, some of my teammates. And even they were like, listen, man, you can talk about anything in the world, every problem. But when it comes to China, you cannot speak up because there are billions of dollars of uh, business between NBA and, and China. And if you say anything against it, it's going to affect the TV deals, jersey sales, shoe sales, and all the, you know, and they're going to do whatever they can to shut you up. Uh, that's it, it exactly what happened. You know, I am 30 years old. I'm healthy. My, I'm still in a good shape. I'm actually working out almost every day. And... Um, no disrespect to other players, but I watch some of the other players around the league, and it just, I was like, how? This is unacceptable. I, it's definitely, it's no, it's not a lie that I am being blackballed, but you know, it is what it is. You know, it, what I'm speaking up about is bigger than basketball. While we are talking right now, there is a genocide happening, and unfortunately, NBA is pretty much becoming a part of it because they are silenced about it, and they are silencing anyone who is speaking up about it. Yes, they are very complicit, uh, certainly, yeah. and and there are a great deal of inconsistencies. And I celebrate people's right to protest freely in this country. I may not always agree with it, uh, but I certainly grant them that right. And I think it's a necessity. And and I do think that there is an important relationship between um, activism and sports. And it's because so many people who are impressionable look up to athletes that, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes it's a great thing for athletes to stand up and, and stand for principles that otherwise would go unspoken. That's how we've had a lot of social change in this country. Don't go anywhere. More Kennedy saves the world right after this. Hey, it's Clay Travis. Join me for Outkick the Show as we dive deep into a mix of topics. New episodes available Monday to Friday on your favorite podcast platform and watch directly on Outkick.com forward slash watch. Do you ever talk with Colin Kaepernick? Because I, so I'm a San Francisco 49ers fan. I did not think he was a great quarterback. Mm -hmm. You know, I looked at him and the way he played in his last couple seasons. He was not great. I did not want him quarterbacking for the 49ers as a member of the faithful 
uh, I, I didn't think that he was that great. I think that your height, athleticism, your level of play, your versatility, it's very different. But have you spoken to Colin Kaepernick? Because you, the two of you seem to have similar frustrations uh-huh. with your various leagues. I'm actually going to tell you a very funny and same time sad story. So when before this whole China thing happened, actually me and Colin Kaepernick was good friends because he was trying to help me with my situation with Turkey, my family situation. And he was like a, a mentor to me. And then just starting last year, I started to criticize China. I actually started to really go harsh on the Nike and their hypocrisy how they are using slave labor and sweatshops and everything, right? And he stopped texting me. He stopped communicating with me immediately. He was actually following me on Twitter, and he unfollowed me. And I texted them so many times, but I have not heard from him yet. And that is the one thing that breaks my heart because, I mean, if you ask many people in America, he is the one guy that stands up for social justice and problems are happening, blah, blah. But then he goes and signs a deal with one of the biggest hypocritical company in the world, Nike. I mean, I don't need to waste time and tell you about how Nike is, you know, using slave laborers and sweatshops and talk about ethics in America. But when it comes to China, they're silenced. Everybody knows about it. And right after that, he went and signed with that company. And once I start criticizing that company that he signed with, and he stopped communicating with me immediately. And I was like, I cannot believe it. I just don't know who to trust at this point because before China, he was actually giving me some so many good advices about Turkey. But now he's, I lost him. He unfollowed me. I lost him. He doesn't even return my text messages anymore. That is so unsurprising. And uh, yeah. on his part, that is very nutless. Uh, that that means that he lacks courage. And, you know, here here's a person who is supposed to be driven by his principles and by his convictions. Okay. And he's not. He's he's driven by the bottom line. So so maybe his quest for social justice was not nearly as earnest or sincere as yours. You know, you you risked everything. You risked your career. And he actually failed as an athlete and used his social justice platform to gain more traction and attention. And, you know, when his abilities failed him, then he he screamed out for this attention, but you were the opposite. You know, you're very much at the top mm-hmm. of your game and you are consistently taking in information. I know this because you and I have spoken about it. We've, we've spoken about mm-hmm. yeah. the, the different countries that you look at and the people that you talk to and the things that you learn and using your voice and platform in equal measure to spread freedom and justice consistently, which is a hard thing to do. It's much easier to pick just one thing, stay in that lane, and never have to worry about anything else. It's it's very, very convenient. LeBron yeah. James is the same way. You know, LeBron James will take issue with police officers in this country, but then he has no problem enriching himself off the backs of slave laborers in China. So, yeah, it's it's hard to find people who aren't total hypocrites. It's also hard to find people who are friends. Uh, have you found that other people in the league, some of your friends whom you played with, are you guys still in touch? You know, that's, that's what I'm like being so sh- shocked with because I played 11 years in this league. 
you know, over almost 800 games, five different teams. I had hundreds of teammates, hundreds of coaches. And, you know, when the topic was Turkey, actually, including Adam Silver, everybody was so supportive. And that actually gave me, gave me so much hope and motivation to fight with the dictatorship in Turkey. Just last year, as soon as I started to talk about China and start criticizing NBA, exposing their hypocrisy, talking about Nike, I promise you, after this, especially after this bounty, I did not hear from any of them. Forget about the bounty. Since the day I left NBA, since I've been, I've been blackballed, right? I have not heard from anyone yet. And I'm still waiting. I promise you. I only thing I, I want or I need is just like, a, hey, man, like, good luck with your next chapter. Good luck with whatever uh, what is uh, whatever coming for you. You know, we are praying for you. That's all I needed. Yeah, you know, it's called it's called being a, a decent human being, but people exactly. are ruled by fear. And, and you know, I used that's... to call my brothers. You know, I used to call my brothers because they were more than my teammates. So nothing, literally, from no one. Well, if you want to give me their names and addresses, I will send them boxes of poop <laughs> in the mail. I appreciate that. Yes, yeah. it's the least I can do. Um, what do you miss most about Turkey? Um, I think, you know, America is great. Don't get me wrong. America gives me so much. But, you know, even if I, even if you go to the most expensive restaurant, you can never beat your home, your mom's home-cooked meal. I think that's the one thing that I miss the most, you know, because growing up, she was actually a really good chef. And she was just, you know, cooking this amazing home-cooked Turkish meals. Uh, but I think that is the one thing that I miss the most. Yeah, I've had I've had Romanian cabbage rolls in other places, but there's nothing that compares to the ones that come out of my mom's oven. She's exactly. got she's got skills, you know. It's like exactly moms cook with magic, and uh, I was thinking about you. Uh, I was thinking about you know the the places that you went as a kid and the smells and you know the mm -hmm. the laughter and all the things. And I was wondering if you miss that. Of course, you know. I mean, I grew. I mean. Whenever I talk about Turkey, sometimes people get me wrong. I mean, I love my country. I love my flag. I love my people. My problem is with the current regime. I have no problem with my country. And I'm actually fighting for the freedom of people in Turkey. So whenever this dictatorship is gone, I can just return back to my country and actually hang out with my friends over there. But no, just like the Istanbul, where I grew up, you know, east side of Turkey, especially. especially and now with all the earthquakes, I'm at, we're actually... Me and my friends raised over $1 million to just send the people in Turkey. I mean, that should show something to, to the, the Turkish people. But no, as soon as this the regime gone, I, I would love to go back to my country and see my family again. Yeah, I have friends who are Iranian Jews and they would love to go back mm -hmm. to Iran. They would love yeah. to. And, you know, they say the same thing. Like you can go to Persian restaurants in Los Angeles, in the United States. It's not the same mm -hmm. thing. It's not the it's same not. thing as, as going yeah. to <laughs> your places where you know people and you know what goes in the food and it's so fresh yep. and authentic. So I hope that freedom prevails 
throughout the world. I worry that we're slipping into an authoritarian abyss uh, throughout the world in different places, China, Turkey, Iran, North Korea. And, you know, some of them feel like Russia, they're past the point of no return. But with good people fighting the good fight, fighting for freedom, hopefully we can turn the tide and we can all live at peace. I don't think that is utopia. I think that is realistic. And with people like you and it's cancer freedom, that is entirely possible. Thank you so much for being a part of this podcast. No, I appreciate that. Thank you for having me. Anytime. This has been Kennedy Saves the World. I'm Kennedy. For more podcasts from my friends at Fox, you can go to foxnewspodcast.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts and Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. Oh, go ahead and leave me a review while you're there. I'd love to hear what you have to say. You've been listening to Kennedy Saves the World on the Fox News Podcast Network. Cudlow on Fox Business is now on the go for podcast fans. Get key interviews with the biggest business newsmakers of the day. The Cudlow Podcast will be available on the go after the show every weekday at foxbusinesspodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts.